this morning was special. There were two other VIPers on with me for the morning conversation. One of them is sharing how he has a tough decision to make and just didn't know what to do. The next thing I know, the other VIPer, an international one, starts speaking truth over his life. I get a word from God. Like, I'm going, what? This is odd. This is what I hoped everything a VIP membership would be. And then God's like, hey, stop thinking about that. I got a word I want you to share with him. So now I'm sharing the word I get. Before we knew what was even going on, we were all agreeing to spend the next three days together praying and fasting over this decision. I'm telling you right now, friends, this is not just a VIP group. Like the vip this morning said, it really is a family. So check it out, smalleyinstitute.com. It was a beautiful day in New York City. I'm there with my wife and my children and the sky is blue and the sun is out and we're just trying to get down to the subway system to catch the one train down to the Staten Island Ferry so we can do the poor man's tour of the Statue of Liberty. Just a little side travel note there for you because it's a free ferry and you go right by the Statue of Liberty. And I'm neurotic about long lines I don't want to have to deal with that, and I definitely didn't want to pay all the money. So we're nothing bad is going on. We're having a good time. Everything is positive. When, as we're getting onto the subway, I explode. The sickest part of this whole thing is my wife. No, it's not my wife. That's really the sad part, is she had no ill intent. She actually, even though I blew up, In her head, I guarantee you, she was like, oh, this is gonna be so much fun. Michael will be so excited. And that's when everything exploded. And I'm sure, at least I hope, that you can relate to this. (laughs) Nothing particularly negative is going on. You actually try to talk about something or bring something up. You believe in your heart of hearts is a good thing. And then your spouse takes it horribly wrong and blows up and now you're off to the races. So this was such a goofy thing. Well, it's actually not goofy. It's a very big thing. Because earlier that day, as we're getting on the subway, my wife was like, oh, I totally forgot to tell you. Guess who I connected with? Oh, who? Brady. Who's Brady? That was her yell eating partner at Baylor University, a very good friend. She hadn't really connected with him for probably 15 years at this point. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. What What's up with him? She's like, well, actually, he's living here in New York City. I'm like, ooh, that's cool. I was just a little jealous. That's not why I got upset. And next thing I know, she just simply says, God, we're going to meet up with him tonight with the kids at this amazing restaurant. It's like a theme, and it's got scary animatronics that will talk to you, and they're moving, and he said the kids are gonna go crazy over this thing. Boom! I know, you're with me on this one. How dare my wife try to plan something fun on vacation? Well, I did explode. I mean, and I went from zero to 100 just instantly, where my wife was like, 
yo, I don't know what's going on right here, but uh, you need to step aside. She's like, you can hang out over there. Kids and I are gonna go way over here. And I was just stewing. I was so upset at, you know, this is hard to admit. Well, it's not that hard. It's actually not the worst thing I've done. But I got so upset. And this is what happens when we get triggered and when we start feeling flooded. And I've talked about flooding a little bit. I'm gonna definitely unpack it even more in this one. But I actually said, as I escalated, over my wife trying to plan some fun time activity for our family, I actually said, what kind of wife would ever plan something on vacation without talking to her husband? What kind of wife, really? And that's kind of the moment where she was like, you go over here, we're gonna go over here. I don't know what your deal is. I didn't know what my deal was. I honestly didn't. I had no idea. Why was I so offended? I mean, I had an inkling, probably didn't have anything to do with connecting with an old friend at a really cool restaurant where we could all have a fun evening. So I'm just mad. We get to the ferry. I'm still not talking. I'm pouting at this point, you know? And we're standing in line. I'm like, Ugh, horrible, horrible person. And so as we get on, she's like, yo, Kids and I are gonna go on this side so we can see the Statue of Liberty. Why don't you go on to that side? I was like, I wanna go on that side. So I did, we're separate now, and I'm just sitting there. What happened? Why did I get so upset? Well, we know and we've learned. Clearly some buttons got pushed. I wasn't even aware, I couldn't even think. I'm like, Lord, why in the world? What button is possibly getting pushed that would cause me to be this upset? And here's the problem with flooding. When you allow yourself to become emotionally flooded, the physiology takes over, right? This is your heart rate is over 90 beats a minute. Your hands are sweating. You're, you're stressed. Your biology is now kicking in and your primal fight or flight or freeze is, is stepping up. And so flooding, when you get triggered, is probably the number one destructive thing you're doing in your relationship. It's what causes all the really nasty arguments because when you're flooded, it, uh, it actually physically negatively impacts your hearing. You're not gonna be able to hear as well. You're not gonna be able to hear the right thing. You're mishearing the wrong thing because your negative beliefs are now gonna spiral out of control. Your vision can get wobbly and a little bit blurry. I mean, it gets bad. Defensiveness. You, ha you now have a biological drive to be defensive if you allow yourself to get flooded. Uh, my wife, when I was talking about this with her, she's like, yeah. And, you know, when you get flooded, you, you don't put your trust in God. So you're not trusting God now because in essence, you're like, this person needs to... X, Y, and Z, or, and your trust for God flies out the window. But possibly the worst thing that happens when we get flooded is a uh, phrase that I found from Gottman called summarizing yourself syndrome. Oh, I'm telling you, just talking about this almost triggers me 
because this is so something that my wife and I can get into, me in particular. But uh, summarizing yourself syndrome is when you both keep repeating your position, your reality, over and over and over again. Your thinking becomes right versus wrong. My reality is right, yours is wrong, and I'm gonna keep telling you my reality until you come over to my side and agree with me. We get really negative about our spouse in our head. Oh, they're so unreasonable and ridiculous and controlling and stupid and stubborn and they're wrong, they're pig-headed, they're controlling, they're thoughtless. So those things start really building up in our head, which obviously negatively impacts our behavior and attitude and actions. We, in this summarizing yourself syndrome, it causes your conversations to totally get off track. They completely derail because when you're really flooded and the summarizing yourself syndrome is kicking off you know, into full, full swing, then now you can mind read, right? So now you know what their intention was. Oh no, you meant to do this. Oh, you so just wanna punish me for this or ah, oh, you know this is a hot button for me, right? Like what I did, I'm like, oh, you should have known. You didn't talk to me because you knew I wouldn't wanna do this. So this is just your little way. We start evaluating their intentions. We start reading their minds, which none of us can do. Uh, we're judging them. And what's really sad is that we can't even stay on topic long enough to come to some sort of understanding or, or resolution or healthy compromise that leads to a win. We can't because we can't, we, we're not gonna be on topic. The summarizing yourself syndrome and being super flooded is gonna now get you onto other things, right? So it may have started off about how dare you plan something without consulting to we don't have enough sex. And you just, you're off to the races. Now you're bringing up every conceivable complaint that you have stored up in your memory bank. And it just gets ugly. Flooding. When you're flooded, you are going. This will happen. You will say and do things you regret that you normally wouldn't do. This is the reality of flooding and it's why what we're gonna talk about right now is so important because as you get triggered, the quickest, most important, fundamental thing you have to do, especially if you're trying to be an Esther and you're trying to win back your husband, you ain't gonna be doing that if you're constantly allowing yourself to become flooded. It only increases the negativity. It's only pushing your husband away. Obviously, it pushes wives away too. But this is about being an Esther. And so to defeat flooding, we have to take a sacred pause. I, I've changed it from a timeout to a sacred pause because it really is a sacred thing. It is not just a break. It is an intentional disengaging. That's why I called it be brave and disengage. You gotta remove yourself from that situation, that conversation where you're starting to get flooded as quickly as possible. 
you've got to be able to pull back and go, hold on, nothing good is about to happen. So I need to remove myself. I'm gonna take a sacred pause. A sacred pause is just living out the truth in James 1.19, and everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to becoming angry. But how do you do that? How do we make that happen? Well, you take a sacred pause. Take responsibility, we're not a victim. We have a choice. We can choose how we react. And as hard as it may be, and we feel like we're being taken advantage of or we're being weak, none of those things are true. We're actually doing the healthiest, bravest, strongest thing we can can do in, in a moment when we're starting to get flooded is take that sacred pause. So you've got to be able to recognize you're being flooded, which we can all do. That's good news. Everybody can tell when you're getting ticked off. So you got to recognize that quickly. Don't delay. So do not go, well, we'll be able to get it around. I mean, I had a, I shared this before. I had a conversation within the last month where I, I did pretty good for maybe 60% of the conversation. I didn't feel flooded and boom, the second a core button got pushed for me, I was, I was right in and totally flooded. And I look back and I realized, dang it, why didn't I just, <laughs> should have taken that sacred pause like I'm always telling everyone else to do. So some helpful phrases are, hey look, I'm so sorry, I need to stop, I, I love you, I, and I know this is clearly, you're upset, I'm getting upset, I don't wanna do anything I regret. So I need to stop and, and don't do it in a threatening, like you better watch out. It's just, look, I am losing it and I need to take a break. I need a breath. I need to catch myself. I need to regather. So just give me a moment. You know, my buttons are getting pushed. And honestly, I don't want this conversation. I don't want to get out of control. So I really honestly kind of have 10 minutes. I need an hour. Hey, right now I'm already running late. So can we please, let's talk about this tonight. Or let's get the kids to bed and then let's, let's try this conversation again when I'm not feeling and starting to get flooded. Just own it and then disengage, remove yourself. But during the sacred pause, you got to complain, vent, pray, go to God, say, Lord, why, why did you give me this spouse? Right? God's not going to engage and you're complaining. You're not going to, God's not going to be like, man, I hear you. That one, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know what we were thinking when we created him. They're not. They're, God's going to hear you. He's going to listen, but real quickly, the Holy Spirit is going to do what the Holy Spirit does and he, he's going to convict you because during that sacred pause, that is our best opportunity to take ownership. Because as you're praying, and if you're willing to listen, God's going to go, yo, what are you doing? I didn't like this part. And you're going to realize, ah, I went down that road again. I escalated. I was stonewalling. That was probably a negative belief. You're going to be able to take ownership, which is huge. You're not done, by the way, with your sacred pause until you're ready to take ownership of your part. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The reason this is a sacred moment is we don't have the ability or insight to really, really dig deep. I had no clue. This is what I do for a living. I have a PhD for crying out loud. 
I had no idea until I was on that ferry headed off to Staten Island with my family on one side watching the Statue of Liberty go by and me stewing on the other side. I did not know until I started praying and that's when the Holy Spirit said, dude, you are not mad because she planned a fun evening, idiot. You're mad because you're embarrassed. At that time in my life, I was morbidly obese. I hadn't seen this guy since I'd been ripped and svelte and I was embarrassed. That's really what it was. I hadn't seen him for a long time and I was embarrassed that he was gonna see me morbidly overweight. I was nervous about, is he gonna say something? Is he gonna be like, oh, good to see you, Michelin man. I mean, Michael, I, I was embarrassed ultimately. I went from zero to 170,000 miles an hour because I had a problem in my life and it was I was being confronted with it. And I'm making up all this stuff in my head, terrified, feeling embarrassed, worried about what he may or may not do or say. And I exploded. And that's when I instantly calmed down uh, is when I realized. And that's when I was now embarrassed about my reaction. And so when we docked at Staten Island, I was able to find my wife and kids in the crowd and I kind of tapped her and went, hey, it's, I promise it's safe, it's a good thing, but can I just share what I, what, what I realized I got so upset about? And she's like, okay. So we sent the kids off. I went, look, I need you to forgive me. That was really mean and stupid and I'm embarrassed by how I reacted. And I realized this is all about me. It's about my weight. I'm embarrassed how much weight I've gained since Brady last saw me. And honestly, I'm a little bit nervous about what he might say. And she was so understanding and so loving. And she hugged me and was like, oh my, I totally get that. And I'm so sorry. And I, I get that would be difficult. And I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. I, I, I'd be shocked if he said something mean or anything. I just, I, I don't see him doing that. And I went, no, I get it. I get it. This is my problem. Well, do you want to cancel tonight? I'm like, no, obviously I can't cancel. That would be absurd. I'll go and I'll be fine. This is the benefit of a sacred pause is it, it allows the two of you to calm down. It allows you to gain back reality, to get a healthier perception you tend to, after during and after a sacred pause, you tend to back up a little bit and realize, no, wait a minute. Many times, my wife and I have taken a sacred pause, and at the end of it, we realize that's not anything worth getting worked up over. So there's a lot of times where you've taken the pause and you go, oh, okay, that was clearly a negative belief or a misunderstanding, and or you just know, this is not a big deal. I can drop it. It doesn't matter what happens. It's so beneficial, but if you read, if you read in James uh, chapter one, if you go before verse 19, you'll see verse 12, which says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You are blessed when you take a sacred pause. That is engaging and being obedient with God's commands his truth in scripture, this is what sets us free. So we we are blessed by that and a sacred pause protects your relationship. It protects both of you, it protects you from doing and saying stupid things that you now have to 
seek forgiveness and even forgive yourself over. And it protects, obviously, your spouse from really, really harmful actions and words that can sometimes take years to get over. So we gotta take it seriously when we begin to feel flooded, take the sacred pause, and I'll just end with a great quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Man must evolve for all human conflict, a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love.